you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Well, it's one of them anyway. It's me, Colin. We're back for another Overtime Ireland Football Podcast brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. We're continuing our season recap. We're on now to the New Orleans Saints. If you haven't heard any of the other ones that we've had up, we've uh, done the Jets, the Packers, the Bears, and the Redskins so far, and we'll be continuing to do it for the next few days and weeks. We're, we're putting out these podcasts as quick as we can, every two or three days. Don't want to put them all out in one day, and you'll have 10 podcasts downloaded at the one time, putting them out every two or three days, just to spread them out a little bit. So this here one will be for the New Orleans Saints. It was a disappointing enough season for the Saints. But we're going to be talking all about that with... One of the writers over at our partners, Last Word on Sport. We always mention our partners, Last Word on Sport, on their website, lastwordonsport.com. Fantastic website. We're joined by one of our writers today. It's Rob Mitchell, and he's been on with us before. Talked about the Saints during the season, but it's going to be interesting to get his views and share them with you for what he thought of the season as a whole and you know what they need to do going into next season, what needs to change to take this team back to being one of the top teams in the NFL as it had been for the last few years. People had them with big expectations going into the season. It just didn't work out. So, Last Word on Sport, I mentioned there, their website, lastwordonsport.com. And of course, check out their Twitter handle, at Last Word on Sport. Great stuff they're doing, and I really, really highly recommend checking them out. As always, do check out OvertimeIreland.com. Please check out our Twitter handle, that is at OvertimeIreland. New stuff going up there, I mentioned on one of the previous shows, Eli Booksaber, who is on to discuss the Washington Redskins, is writing on the site. He's breaking down all the teams as we go through the offseason, doing our recap in audio format. He's doing a similar thing, but he's also giving you what he thinks the final rosters will look like after free agency in the draft for each and every team in the NFL. So please do go and check that out on the website if this is your first time listening to the show please do subscribe give us a written and a comment on itunes stitcher tune in whatever you're listening to us on and of course if you are coming back for hopefully this is a a recurring thing hopefully you do like to come back each and every week a couple of times a week to hear what we have to say here in the overtime ireland podcast thank you again for your continued great support keep spreading the word keep doing what you're doing as we always like to like to say and uh, each and every retweet tweet whatever you do is uh, greatly appreciated so, without any further ado, let's get Rob Mitchell on the show to talk about the New Orleans Saints. Hi, I'm Delaney Walker, tight end for the Tennessee Titans, and you listen to Overtime Ireland. So, in the next part of our OTI kind of season recap for all the teams, we're going to do as many teams as we can around the National Football League. Next up is going to be the New Orleans Saints. As you all know by now, our partners are over there at Last Word on Sport, and one of the guys that writes for them, a big part of what they do over there is Rob Mitchell, and of course, Rob is a huge New Orleans Saints fan, we're going to... Talk to him now about the New Orleans Saints. Thanks, Rob, for coming back on the show. No problem. Obviously, we're uh, getting straight into the New Orleans Saints. I've got every team so far to rank what they thought of last season between 1 and 10. I talked to you before we just started recording. It didn't sound like you were all that pleased with last season. I'm sure most Saints fans weren't. There was a lot of people projecting them to be you know, all the way up there in the NFC Championship game and maybe getting to the Super Bowl. There was a lot of big talk before the season, myself included. I thought they really had assembled a strong roster and uh, things looked to be going up for them. With you know, they, they started out the deal with Jimmy Graham, Drew Brees, obviously a quarterback. But then the season didn't work out quite as people had expected. Um, out of a 1-10 to 10 ranking system, what would you give uh, the New Orleans Saints campaign last year? Four at best. Well, that, that's great because so far it's gone exactly in order. 
the Jets give us a one, the Redskins uh, give us a two, then the, we've got a two and a half from the Bears, and now we've got a, a four at best from the Saints. So we're working our way up all the time. I'm sure the listeners keeping track on that there. Uh, you can see it moving up on a smooth scale, and that is not any way that I've organized it. But So a four at best, so I suppose just below average, but it was a season, is it fair to say, Rob, going into it, that uh, a lot of people had Super Bowl aspirations for the uh, New Orleans Saints? Yeah, coming off the 2013 season, which had held so much promise, and obviously we lost that in the playoffs to the eventual champion Seahawks. Uh, I think there were a lot of people had great expectations, and it was a season of disappointments, really. Yeah, it was. uh, You know, you mentioned there the game against Seattle. A lot of people had talked about the team not winning on the road. Uh, You know, that was a big problem they were talking about two years ago. Mm. But not winning on the road was always a problem. But while I had you on the show during this or at the start of the season, and looking at New Orleans since winning at home was never an issue. It was you know it was a, a force that you couldn't really get past the the dome crowd and everything down there in the Superdome. And mm. now at uh, after this season, it's not quite as good. How did the team go from being so good at home, having over two years of not uh, losing at home, winning every game, and then I think was it four games they lost at home or five games they lost at home at one stage in a stretch? Five in a row at home, uh, which was incredible. I remember, which was, which was it was broken up by a win on the road of all things. But uh, yeah, we lost uh, five home games in a row. Sorry, uh, six home games in a row, but again with two wins on the road. So it was yeah. six. That was even worse than I thought. Because you think you've eight home games in a season, and you you know that, that there was what they were expecting. You know, we talk about mm. the Seahawks having a great home field advantage. The New Orleans Saints had a phenomenal home field advantage mm. going into the season. And I remember each and every week on the on the podcast looking forward to the weekend's games and saying the sense of what I said is they don't lose at home the first week, so they were going to win the first week. Then I said they lost one. They're not going to lose two. And it kept working up. I kept picking the Saints to win at home, and they kept losing. So you know, mm. was there anything behind? What can you put your finger on? What could it I, I, I can't quite prefer it because we we actually won our last four straight road games as well, which is uh, <laughs> just it. If you'd have asked, if you if you told me that at the start of the season, I'd have said you, you'd been uh, you've been drinking a bit too much. <laughs> but um, I, I can't put on why the the I mean the, the team didn't perform overall as well as it should have done. Um, in what was a bad year for the division as a whole, it should have been a lot better all round on both sides of the ball. Just when you mentioned there about the division, that wasn't something that I had planned to think up. But just the division overall, obviously, the Panthers were the team that won and went to the playoffs. It was really, really strange. The teams last year, obviously the Panthers went to the playoffs last year, looked like a, a strong team. First time mm-hmm. that a, a team has gone back-to-back one in that division, actually. Uh, since it since it was formed, and you know, you're looking there at the teams in the division. I thought the the Falcons had the pieces there because they were getting you know the wide receivers back, and that there looked like a you know things were getting better for them. The Saints, I thought, as I said, were going to do good. I thought the Panthers were going to struggle because of all the players they'd let go last off season, but I still thought defensively they'd, they'd be quite good. All the teams in that division really struggled this year, and no more than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the first overall pick this upcoming season. Yeah, any reason for the whole division struggling as a whole, or nobody seemed to want to win it. <laughs> No, it did. It did just seem that any time a team got in a position of strength, that then they just they'd lose the next two or three games. It it was a crazy year in the NFC South, and uh, from looking at it before the season, you'd say two or three teams possibly got a shot at the playoffs. Uh, the by the time we came around to the business end, nobody seemed to actually want to get to the playoffs. For I mean, the Saints got into a position where they could have done it. Then they lost a few games. Then the Falcons had come back 
and then they lost a few games and losing to the and then the Panthers obviously just managed to just see it out. Because even the even last year, if there was a team with an average record throughout it, if you were even just at five hundred, you would have been looking like you were sailing into the playoffs throughout the yeah. throughout whole season. But uh, moving on to the next topic, the MVP of the team, you know, it was a tough season. Probably Jimmy Graham, even though he picked up that injury and struggled throughout. Who would you be picking there for an MVP? I know he was injured for a couple of games, but I'm actually going to give it to Mark Ingram this this year. Uh, yeah, a phenomenal he, run. He had a great run. He really established himself as a lead back. I mean, it was a contract year for him. And as much as a, uh, obviously Jimmy Graham put in a, a good few points, especially given his shoulder injury, I just think in, in games where the Saints struggled, uh, Ingram really did just pound out the yards. I was uh, I actually that's one of the reasons I wanted to do these recaps because you pick up things like that there. I'd actually forgotten about how good Mark Ingram was. I remember back to when you just bet the Packers in the in the Superdome and you know he had a big game there and that was really kind of in the middle of the they had a good he had a good run of six seven games where he was picking yeah. up big big yardage numbers around around the hundred yards. So he was. I mean, a, you, you you you've picked up the Packers game and that I think was the frustrating thing about the the Saints season. There were there's two or three games where. You just look like they'd turn the corner. The Packers was one, the Steelers away game as well, and then the next week it'd be back to a disappointing performance. So I think th- those two games and then the games that followed them uh, just sort of summed up the season, really. I guess we could say that you know Mark Ingram was the consistent piece among a lot of inconsistencies this season for the Saints. And you know you mentioned there was a contract year for him. Do you expect him to be back this year, or do you think he's going to get to test for agency? I think he'll test free agency and I think he'll go as well because I don't think the Saints will pay the the money that somebody else will. He, he will get paid, I think. He has had a good season. But the Saints are up against the cap a bit. Mm. He, he, he This this season is the exception to the rule in his time at the Saints. He's He has played well this year, but he's also, again, had the same injury struggles he's had in previous years as well. So he, he's not the most reliable to be on the field. Uh, I just think someone will come in with a who, who's desperate for a back and will pay him a big amount of money. I'd like to see him back, but the way running backs have been interchangeable in recent years, not at a huge cost. Yeah, we're going to talk later on about some of the needs and that maybe for free agents in the draft, but you know, that's two big back-to-back losses at running back. Obviously, it wasn't a free agency move that Sproles mm. went to the, the Eagles, but back-to-back years now that Sproles will have gone and Ingram will have gone, so there'll be big changes in that New Orleans Saints backfield. But mm-hmm. looking out to the backfield, obviously, you have Drew Brees and uh, playing a quarterback. Did you think that last season he did take a, a step back? A small one, but I, I think he wasn't helped. I mean, there was quite a few receivers dropping balls, um, the line didn't block quite as well as it had done in previous years, so I think there was a slight step back in in uh, Breeze's play, but not one that concerns me overly. I think he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and there are very few people I want ahead of him uh, going down the field with two minutes to go. Yes, I did think he took a step back, but we've seen that before where quarterbacks have maybe a down year. I don't think you know you can't say that he was playing terrible, but. You know, yeah, you have, you take a step back and you've seen them then stepping forward again. You know, I think he was still only about a hundred yards shy of another five thousand yard season. So it's, it, when when that's a step back, uh, yeah. uh, uh, I mean, yeah, it's not time to to bring in a new guy yet. I think it, there's still a few years left in uh, in Drew yet. So yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, the contract that they negotiated a few years ago, there's a mm. lot of money in that, and then after he does eventually move on, there's going to be quite a cap hit probably for the team, but. Is there, 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 there is going to be that 
that vacuum. But I think there's, I think we're in an age where there's about two or three teams that are going to have to deal with that. We might see the, the Broncos have to deal with that this season mm-hmm. with Peyton Manning possibly, but the Patriots uh, and the Packers as well have got that elite quarterback that is going to be really hard to replace. I mean, the Packers managed to do it once already. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. I've always said that. Uh, they replaced they replaced Brett Favre with Aaron Rodgers, and it's a bit like yeah. it's a bit like the Colts have gone from Peyton Manning to Andrew. Yeah, that, that rarely, rarely happens, and you know, yeah, it's to be third time, to, probably not so lucky. Yeah, so it, it it will when it does come, it will be a, a, a tough. I don't think that you, it's not you, not every day you get that lucky to replace a legend quite as quickly and as efficiently as the Packers and the Colts did. So it will it possibly will be tough, but I, as I said, I don't think it's on the horizon just yet. Yeah, and, and Breeze seemed to shoot that notion down. Uh, you know, towards the end of the season, I think he was questioned a few times about, you know, how many years had he left. Like, and I, I can't see anything less than two years. And I think, you know, I'd say when he leaves the Saints, it's going to be. Yeah, I think I don't. I can't see him playing for another team at this stage. I think he'll, you know. No, the, I, th- I, th- I think he will see how he's, it'd be similar to uh, to Tom Brady's situation. I don't, can't see Tom Brady leaving the the Patriots and seeing out a, a season with another team. So. Unless he goes full Brett Favre on it and uh, well, decides yeah. to retire and go to the New York Jets or the Vikings or something like that, but yeah, it'd be, again, it'd be the same, I think it's the same with with uh, Drew Brees. He, it, it would be a surprise to me if he plays somewhere else now. Yeah, obviously, there's been some uh, coaching changes as well uh, in the in the past week or so, and uh, Sean Payton, obviously, still the head coach. He's back in control after you know Bounty getting out a few years in the back window. That there, you know, last season was a poor season. He'll be he'll be sure to be wanting to bounce back and have a big big year this year. Like the you know, Drew Brees might be using that as you know fire throughout this off season to make sure he has a better season this upcoming year mm-hmm. and you know the the whole thing around it. But what do you make of some of the changes that uh, Sean Payton has taken in? Are you still happy with him as the head coach in New Orleans since? Definitely, I, I, I still definitely think he's the person there. I think he he's definitely got the credit in the bank there for for to have a poor season and carry on, and he he's built up. Uh, his reputation as a coach with the Saints and definitely uh, has the trust of the fans. Uh, I think some of the tightening up some of the assistance is is good. I think the 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 defense did take a step back after taking a huge step forward the year before. Um, Rob Ryan did stay, but I think he's on a short leash with the appointment of Dennis Allen. I think if things aren't going right, Dennis Allen will uh, move in and take over there. So it, I think it's just. It's just been a little bit of a shuffle just to tighten things up and hopefully uh, correct course rather than a uh, wholesale change. Yeah, obviously Dennis Allen, Raiders, head coach up until the middle of this past season and he's gone back to the Saints where he was an assistant coach a number of years back and that's kind of where he made his name before going to the Raiders. But, you know, him and Rob Ryan, I don't know how them personalities are going to go off. We've obviously seen from time to time <laughs> Sean Payton and Rob Ryan are going to go on the sidelines to each other, but that's going to happen during the game, you know, things get yeah. But you have now Rob Ryan and Dennis Allen. I think it, it looks to me like in the, the situation that Dennis Allen's going to be, you know, the man making more decisions than Rob Ryan. I'm not too sure how it's going to work out. What do you what do you think the dynamics going to be like there, and who do you think is, you know, the man really in charge now at this point? I I, I still think Rob Ryan's probably initially going to be the the, the guy, but uh, obviously with uh, Allen there as the his assistant, um, but also there to motivate him because if well, one will now know if things aren't going right. His replacement is waiting in the wings, so he will be under pressure to get it right from the start of the season. Yeah, because Dennis Allen, obviously head coach last year, and mm. you know, although it didn't go well from in Oakland, he was up against it in a difficult situation. And you know, to go back now, 
he doesn't want to be an assistant to the defensive coordinator really I don't think going from the head coach so that's just why I'm wondering about that and you know if the if the defense if the defense starts playing well I don't think there's going to be an issue but if the defense is yeah. bad maybe somebody gets thrown under the bus there and it's you know if Rob Ryan having a bad year last year well not him personally but the, the defense yeah. regressed he had a, I, I, I he had a phenomenal it, year it, two years ago yeah I think I think if it does go wrong for a second season in a row It'll be Rob Ryan that takes the uh, the count for that, and Dennis Allen will be quickly installed as uh, defensive coordinator. Obviously, uh, the rookie class this year. Um, you mentioned Drew Brees. Uh, you know, I was saying about the season dropped. Obviously, Jimmy Graham had that uh, shoulder injury, which made a limited his production. Then there was a few injuries to some of the wide receivers of this class. You had a few talented players come in this year, though, on uh, both sides of the ball. You know, showed, uh, showed flashes. What would you have made of last year's draft class overall? A mixed bag. I mean, obviously, Brandon Cook's mm-hmm. first-round pick had a great start to the season as an individual before he got injured, and I think he's definitely won. Um, I think he was a big reason that the Saints didn't really feel the loss of Darren Sproles because he, he did that little screen game from the wide receiver position rather than the running back, and the running backs actually did actually have a decent year. Obviously, we've spoken about Mark Ingram. Um, obviously, second-round pick, Stanley Jim Baptiste didn't really get on the on the field, and when he did, he looked very raw. So, possibly one for the future, but it still remains a a uh, position of need. That second cornerback opposite Keenan Lewis. So, I think that's something that we'll again possibly be looking at in the draft. Kenny Vicaro came in two years ago, and uh, he spent the the whole year injured this year, didn't he? Uh, no, he. he Played quite a few of the games, but he did suffer a sophomore slump, really. He did, didn't play to the standards he set in his rookie season. But, I think in the last couple of games he was injured. Um, bad, he, bad for me if I thought that he was injured. That must show how... No, no that was his uh, partner we signed in free agency. Uh, Doris Bird spent a big part of the year uh, injured. Yeah, it was amazed last year that they actually got him signed because of the cap situation they did have. Obviously, he's coming back this year, I'm sure. Um, do you think that'll help shore up the defence? Yeah, I mean, he, he hadn't quite settled into the side for the first couple of games. He didn't quite look like he had him in Buffalo. And then he got injured, so he, we didn't get to see if fully what he can do in a Saints shirt. Hopefully, now another year down the line, he'll have been around the organisation. He'll be fit this year, hopefully, and we'll see what he can do. Um, the one thing I do like is, obviously, Mickey Lewis does seem to be a wizard with that cap with to, to sign a player of that standard with that contract and get Jimmy Graham's uh, contract done, it, he just seems to be able to mix the numbers up just just in the right way to get what the Saints need uh, to be done in terms of a cap. I think I think last year at the time, you know, there was potential landing spots for Bird, and I don't think the New Orleans Saints was really been mentioned in too many of them up until he actually signed. It was it was amazing. no, it was, I think it was a shock for a lot of people that it's like oh they can afford him and then. Everyone wondered how were they going to get the Jimmy Graham deal yeah, done. But, in as well, so. Yeah, so it's uh, there's some uh, clever people working in the uh, New Orleans Saints front office there. We mentioned obviously the uh, the defense, and you know it dropped off a little bit last year. Looking for it to pick up again this year, and then you know Ingram potentially moving on. This it's all by all accounts so far. It seems to be that it's going to be a good running back class, and you know I think you have good positions that are good players at wide receiver, maybe. Colson, you know, is getting a little bit up there in age, and his production mm. can vary dramatically from game to game. So, what uh, in free agency in the draft would be your key areas in Eden? Do you, I don't think there's going to be any shocks. Do you think this year in free agency quite like they did with Board last year? No, I don't. I don't, I don't see that being a, a, a big shock. Uh, I think they have a lot more to build through the draft this year. 
Uh, cornerback, I think, is still a big need. This, I don't think. I think Patrick Robinson, if I believe it, if I'm right, his contract's up. He'll be on his way. I don't think they'll retain him. Um, they're still looking for that big corner opposite Keenan Lewis. Um, pass rusher is still uh, something I need. Someone on the line opposite Cameron Jordan. I mean, Junior Gallet is a good outside linebacker, but in this defense, we need someone on the other side as well. So a couple of good pass rushers would be uh, wouldn't go amiss. I think. I don't see them drafting a running back. I think if you look at the recent history, or not in the first couple of rounds anyway, you look at recent history, running backs aren't valued that highly anymore. Even if they are going to be good, I think teams are holding off now because they can seem to get just as good production out of an undrafted free agent. So I think that is a uh, will be a, possibly a bit further down the list. And I think some of the uh, younger guys with wide receiver have sort of put their hand up with Cooks and Kenny Stills. So again, I, I think I think defense will be uh, taking up the early rounds of the draft. Maybe if there's a uh, standout lineman or something available when the Saints pick, that would pos- uh, possibly be the only way I see an offensive player going the first couple of rounds. Yeah, it seems to be all the teams we've talked to so far are looking at the defensive side of the ball, and it, but a lot of them, you know, seem to have pieces on the offense as well. When you're when you're looking at that, I'm just trying to make sure I have the right name here. Is it um, Kyrie Robinson is one of the running backs for the Saints? Yeah. Yeah. Kyrie Robinson's very good. He was injured for a good part of the season this year. I, rem- I remember uh, he came in two years ago, I think it was, and he was just starting to get a few games in that there. Yeah. I mentioned the one against the Eagles, and he started to show a bit. And then, obviously, Sproles went. People were expecting more from last year. But maybe now if Ingram goes, maybe this is his time to step up. Would you, you know, yeah, you I think they mightn't draft a running back. Do you think he could potentially be a, a starting caliber running back for the He Saints? could. He, um, he actually comes very highly recommended. I mean... Bill, Bill Parcells apparently did phone um, Sean Payton and said, what, what's this guy doing on a bench? You've got a great guy here. Why aren't you starting him? So he, he does seem to have the calibre. If he can stay fit, he is a very strong, tough running back. So hopefully if he gets a, uh, a good run of fitness and can get a lot of touches in the game, he can establish himself. And still the sense would have uh, Pierre Thomas, Travis Cadet, and maybe they had... Uh, a late round pick or even an undrafted free agent to that mix as well if Ingram does move on so uh, there's lots of things to talk obviously through we've gone through them off the New Orleans Saints if you could say maybe we'll give you we'll give you two different things that would make the New Orleans Saints go from where they are now to being back in the playoffs next year what would you say the two keys are get the defence playing as they did the the year before is one because a lot of the pieces are the same but Got us to I think fourth in the division in the in the league, yeah. uh, so it's just getting that standard of play back up again. And the second one is just to uh, settle the side down. I think time, times towards the end of the season we seem to panic a bit when uh, things were going wrong. So I, I think, think sometimes, that sometimes that sort of thing. Do you think that can come from the manager on the sidelines? And sometimes Sean Payton can get very agitated with maybe an officiating decision, and then that can leak onto the field maybe Rob Ryan there too kind of given a, given a, bit oh, of a I, think, I think we've got quite a lot, quite a few young pieces I think a couple of guys I mean obviously you've still got Drew Brees as a leader you've still got Curtis Lofton but obviously in the last couple of years we've lost Will Smith we've lost Jonathan Vilma we've lost uh, Roman Harper all these guys they may not have been quite up to the standard they had been when we won the Super Bowl but obviously we've it does create a slight leadership vacuum, so we need a couple of other guys to just step up and sort of help steady the ship there. Yeah, I think if this defense was even at a you know an average level last year, the team would have finished with a winning record. But 
mm-hmm. it, it really seemed to struggle, put a lot of pressure on Drew Brees. I talked when we were talking with the Bears with uh, Adam Goldstein that he I was saying to him, I thought that a lot of the Bears struggles came because when the, every time the offense came on the field, they thought they had to score a touchdown to to help them win the game because the defense wasn't really going to stop too much. Is that something that you know that, that could be a key for them next season to make sure just that this defense is at least average? Then there's not as much pressure on Drew Brees to try and put up points every every drive. Yeah, I think just just if if you can raise the level back up to where we were a couple of seasons ago, Drew Brees is going to score points. It, it, that's he's proven that throughout his career. So if you can stop the the other team two or three times, you're going to get a lead, and then that's when the Saints really seem to uh, to thrive. When they've got when they are up by a lead, they can just uh, run out the clock. They they can put more points up and just put pressure on the other side. So yeah, just getting the the, the even just an average level would help. And uh, finally, just the ownership situation in New Orleans. There's a lot going on at the moment. Tom Benson, the owner, and you know he 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 wants to leave the, the club to his wife, and then the, he's been sued now by his daughter and the, his grandchildren and now he's going to have to have a, an evaluation he says that he's in a sound frame of mind the the you know the daughter and that says that he's not and they want uh, an evaluation done because they think he's not in a good state of mind to be leaving the team to his wife what do you make of the the whole situation there and what do you think is going to come out of it i mean did, it, it does seem very much like a uh, soap opera yeah <laughs> but obviously he's been married to, uh, his wife's called Gail, I believe, uh, her for quite a while now. This isn't, and this isn't like she's just coming this year and yeah. taking over over the team. And by all accounts, uh, Mrs. Benson gets on better than the uh, with the team and uh, than the children do. From what I from what I understand, uh, I could be wrong on that. I don't obviously know them personally, so <laughs> but um, so. It, I mean, Mr. Benz has been seen at games. He goes to he owns the uh, New Orleans Pelicans NBA yeah. side as well, and he's been at their games recently. So he, he does seem to be an active uh, man for his age. So it wouldn't surprise me if he passes the the medical that he's been uh, ordered to have. But and I hope he does because that means this will get sorted quicker than a long drawn out court case. Obviously, distract the team. Yeah, obviously, if uh, someone had a family member that owned the team and they thought it was going to be left to them, it's worth so much money that you would want it left to you. But mm-hmm. as you mentioned there, if it proves that the wife is more involved with the team, the team seems to like her better than the family. It seems almost like the family are just doing it to try and get some money out of it. I don't know the ins and outs of the whole situation, but yeah, there, there's there's actually two court cases. One obviously in the Louisiana that involves the two sports franchises. One in. Texas as well that involves some of his other businesses which is not related to the Saints or the Pelicans so uh, I think both could to drag a little bit if uh, he doesn't fully pass this medical but I think if he passes this medical and he's deemed competent I think they'll go away quite quickly and quite quietly. Yeah I think that'll be the end of it and uh, obviously you know anytime you're involved in a sporting franchise like you don't want to have a huge uh, distraction hanging over your head like this would be so um, I mean, the, the good thing is we've got a fairly stable um, front office. Mickey Loomis will, uh, and Sean Payton will be doing all the the draft and uh, combine stuff. It, it's not like over at Dallas where Jerry Jones is an active role. <laughs> um, so it, it shouldn't impact on the day-to-day running of the Saints, but obviously if it drags, it could become a bit of a distraction. That's the only worry. Yeah, and we'll, we'll stay tuned to see what does come out of it. But obviously... That's a lot of the New Orleans Saints season re- recap. Starting to look forward to next season now, and 
like I mentioned with the other guys, you'll be hoping that it's a winning season and they could be heading back to the playoffs or a team I expected big things off this season, as I mentioned, but just didn't work out for the organisation. But Rob uh, is on Twitter. You can find him at LWOS, which is last word on sport. Rob, and uh, anything else, Rob, you want to throw out before you come up, finish up? Just thanks for having me on. Uh, no problem. Thanks, uh, Rob. And uh, once again, for uh, any sense information we're looking for, we'll be sure to get you back on the podcast. Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Rob Tucker, the host of the Rob Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Island Podcast. Thanks once again to Rob for coming on the show. A lot of fun talking to New Orleans Saints. Obviously, it was a disappointing season, as we mentioned there, but uh, you know things might turn around very quickly for that organization. It'll be interesting to see what they do in this year's draft. A couple of bits and pieces of news since the last show. Not a lot. Uh, you know, the, the Detroit Lions have come out and said that keeping uh, hold off Ndamukong Sue is their number one priority. That was Martin Mayu, who the uh, general manager of the Detroit Lions. And of course, you know, it's a, it's no uh, no surprise that that is their top priority, but having it as your top priority and doing it, it's another thing and uh, I think it's going to be very very tough for them to keep him underneath the uh, the cap and so on with the you know contracts of Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford and so on and so forth so it's going to be a real real uphill battle for them to retain and Dominican Sue for the current season Mike Patton has come out not thrilled about the whole situation with uh, the GM and what's been going on there but uh, I think that there's clear to everyone to see and you know, uh, he said he, he, he met up with Johnny Manziel in rehab. There's no date set for when Johnny will come out of that rehab process. But, you know, obviously he said it was a significant problem, one which we all knew was obviously big enough to send him to rehab. But, uh, you know, main thing for Johnny Manziel is to get this here under a bit of control and not to worry as much about the uh, NFL side of it. Of course, the Browns want to try and get him back and try and get him to be worth their first round pick they took last year. But, you know, maybe, maybe uh, that's just not going to happen and uh, it'll be interesting to see what way they go at quarterback this year. You have Brian Hoyer, obviously he's been there last year, but, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to want to put all the money into him, let him be their starter this year. I don't think Johnny Manziel is going to be back for the start of the season. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Connor Shaw is also on the roster, but maybe they go into the draft again. There's not a lot going on in free agency, but maybe Josh McCown, maybe somebody like that there tied them over. But I think if you're going with somebody like Josh McCown, you may as well go with Brian Hoyer, who already knows the you know the organization and how how everything goes on there behind the scenes so that there's one one to watch the next few weeks no surprise in the next one a lot of this news is very very unsurprising it is that uh, jason gardas says that you can't just plug in any replacement for demarco murray if he was to leave in free agency i think that's pretty obvious demarco murray's a talented running back but that offensive line this year did help him a lot i think you're looking at plugging in somebody like adrian peterson maybe if you get uh, you know if, if he does go in free agency which which is what i'm expecting i'm expecting demarco murray to, to get a chance to test free agency and see what happens from there i think uh, the dallas cowboys i i've said this a few times i think you know adrian peterson jerry jones i think really wants to to try and get him to come into the cowboys organization i think it's something that peterson has talked about a few times in his career even when he was with the vikings so you know coming back to his maybe closer to home and 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 texas and i think that there's what's going to happen so garrett's saying you know you can't just plug anyone in that's pretty obvious you can't do that but in recent years we've seen you know running backs you know maybe just if you have a different name on the back of their shirt you wouldn't be too surprised at who it is people have fitted in you've seen Forsett this year although he'll think that he's a talented running back for all of his career this year it really really hit uh, into focus for him and everything seemed to work out right for him in Baltimore after Ray Rice was taken out of the team due to his off the field circumstances so you know you can't just plug them in but you know the people up in Denver there have seen running backs all seem to fit in. One goes down, the next one steps up. But maybe that's something to do with how Peyton Manning's running that offense and people can't stack the box playing against Peyton Manning and uh, the weapons they have there in, in Denver. 
the big news really I probably should have started with this one uh, Larry Fitzgerald finalised a new deal with the Arizona Cardinals this was something I didn't think was going to happen I thought they were going to let him go because of the huge cap number he had this year but uh, he, he's been a fantastic servant to them throughout his career he's played with a lot of mediocre quarterbacks Kurt Warner being the, the one time he probably had very uh, you know consistent quarterback play for his time there got to the Super Bowl set records that time in the uh, off season for or in the uh, postseason sorry for catches and yards and so on he was a, had a phenomenal phenomenal run to the Super Bowl that time when when they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers the deal is 11 million per year it's going kind of a two-year contract it's going to save the Cardinals 13 million against the cap this year which is a big big left to them in the organization Fitzgerald probably thinks that you know this team's as good as a team as he's really probably played on a good defense everything going well and that's the ball obviously uh Carson Palmer got injured last year his health up in the air I think he'll come back uh, he's had this injury before he'll have a good idea how to rehab from it how to get into the best condition possible and I think Fitzgerald probably thinks this is, is a good option as he's going to go somewhere else get more money but then maybe the, the team's not as good so uh, although I don't know if the Arizona Cardinals are you know a Super Bowl contender I do think they can challenge for that division this year possibly get into the playoffs and you know once you get in anything's possible from there so we'll, we'll see what happens but it's a big big uh, move for the Arizona Cardinals Larry Fitzgerald looks like he's going to finish his career up there in Arizona and uh, I'm sure all the Arizona Cardinal fans out there are absolutely rejoicing at the news because it was something as I mentioned I didn't think was going to happen this offseason I thought he'd be allowed to test free agency or rather sorry get cut to save the cap money and uh, obviously then he would be a free agent after that I've talked up the possibility of Adrian Peterson possibly going to the Dallas Cowboys well you know not in the words of Vikings general manager Rick Spielman he thinks that Adrian Peterson will stay with the with the team I'm still saying that I, I don't think it's going to work I think Peterson's probably been feels like he's been let down by the organization as what's going on last year and I think that eventually uh, ties will be severed between the two teams and I think I still think that he's going to end up with the Dallas Cowboys you know maybe I should uh, not disagree with what the Vikings general manager has to say but uh, just this is my uh, gut feeling on this one but the, the Vikings fans uh, seem to want him back too. I think they'll welcome him back with open arms, although the off-the-field stuff will be a headache for the organisation to deal with, and what he did wasn't right either. But, you know, we've seen things happen in the past, and the players come back, and once he starts scoring touchdowns, the fans will start cheering again, and that's just the uh, the, the reality of the situation. So we'll, we'll see where Adrian Peterson lands up. My money would be in Dallas, but I guess I'm probably wrong on that one if the, the GM of the Minnesota Vikings is disagreeing with me. I mentioned one red receiver has signed up a deal, that is Larry Fitzgerald. Another one that's looking for a deal and is looking for a, a bumper payday, and that is Randall Cobb. He, he, it's, the word has come out that he's uh, looking for in around the $9 million a year range. And if you look at some of the players in the league getting that amount of money, I think Randall Cobb is definitely worth that value. I think the Packers will keep him. Uh, I think they'll they'll sign up, and I think they're, they'll be only too happy. I think he, you know Aaron Rodgers is going to be behind the scenes really rallying to get Randall Cobb signed up. Absolutely phenomenal talent. Still very, very young. He's only in the league three or four years. He's done phenomenal stuff in the time. He's had a couple injuries, but you know he's developed significantly in the last few years and a real, real key part of what the Green Bay Packers do there on offense. You know, he can take him out of the backfield, play him in the slot, split him out wide. You can really do anything with Randall Cobb. Fantastic, fantastic player. You know, they let Greg Jennings go a few years ago because they were taking little, thinking Randall Cobb was going to step up to the plate. Cobb has stepped up to the plate and, you know, I was on about nine million a year. Well, that there's in around the range that Greg Jennings is making in Minnesota and he's not doing a lot down there. So I think Randall Cobb and the Packers will come together, get this deal done and I hope that he's still a Green Bay Packer, you know, when we when we reach free agency. I think I, I'll be shocked, to be honest, if this deal uh, doesn't go through before that and, uh, 
you know, I, I have a Randall Cobb jersey. I hope it's uh, still being worn proudly as a Packers fan next season because he's a really, really dynamic playmaker and one that I hope to see playing in Lambeau Field for years to come. So really and truly, um, you know, there's we're doing these shows very quick, very fast, getting them out uh, nice and sharp to you, the listener. And, you know, there's only little bits and pieces of news coming out. Obviously, the Combine's going to be on this weekend, so there's more news coming out of the press conferences. But really, that is all the news. As I mentioned at the start of the show, if it's your first time listening, hopefully you enjoyed. Hopefully hit the subscribe button, come back. I have a few of the uh, recap segments already recorded. I've recorded the Oakland Raiders, which is the next one coming out, and I've recorded the New York Giants. We're going to be recording this week as well. For the San Diego Chargers episode, we're going to be doing the dallas cowboys episode and we're going to be doing the seattle seahawks episode so they're all going to be coming out and we're going to be doing more episodes uh thick and fast any uh people you think might be good to get a recap with do be sure and hit us up at overtime Ireland. let us know we'll try and get in contact the uh, one for the san diego chargers was damien brennan said when's the chargers one coming out i said who do you want to, who do you think would be good to do it hit me up with a, a guy on twitter who has his own chargers podcast got in touch with him and we have that set up so we're going to be talking to him so that there's the easiest way if you have somebody you want to hear talk about your team Head us up at Overtime Ireland and let us know. And of course, stay tuned to the website. Be sure to subscribe, rate us, comment us on iTunes, Stitcher, so on and so forth. And until I'm back later in the week, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.